Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Kaiju Weekly. I am one of the hosts, Michael, and today you're going to be hearing an interview conducted by my other host, Travis, and Odin Abbott of the Odin Makes YouTube channel. Odin is a fantastic guy and an extremely creative person, and you're going to be listening to an interview conducted a few months ago as Travis and Odin talk about his project uh, working on a Mechagodzilla suit. Now, this conversation was also featured in the latest issue of Kaiju Ramen Magazine, but we wanted to put out the audio version of the interview for you guys to enjoy. All the links to everything that Odin is a part of is going to be in the description of this episode, so all you have to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. All right. So, yeah, I just want to... uh once again, say thank you so much for being willing to be a part of this magazine. Uh, it's It really means a lot as someone who is already a fan of your work to have you be willing to be in this magazine. <laughs> well, thank you. Definitely. I, uh, I've i got to support a, a Kaiju magazine. I've been a, a Kaiju fan my entire life. I mean, I, I, I remember in the 70s going to the movie theater and seeing Godzilla films in the theater. Oh, wow. And and I'm pretty sure I've said it publicly. A thank you to my mom for putting up with that and taking me to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I know. Long-suffering yeah, no, mothers, cool. they're the ones that put up with us. <laughs> Long. Right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that actually was the first question I was going to open with was, how long have you been a kaiju fan and what kind of got you into it? Oh, okay. Um, okay, how specific... I don't think I can remember exactly the year, but I do know that I was young, and so I was a kaiju fan before Star Wars. Um, I know that I, I liked monsters uh, from, from some 70s toys, and my first comic book was the Marvel Comics Godzilla comic book. Oh, nice. And mom actually took me to a comic shop to show me, oh, no, we can get back issues here. See, they have the old ones, and that just totally blew my mind. Because I was used to the spin racks where you pull the comics at the at the drugstore. Literally, that was my original comic experience. So I um, love the rubber suits, love the monsters since the at least the mid seventies. Oh, nice, nice. So uh, I wanted to ask. Now I know you've talked about Mechagodzilla as being probably your favorite kaiju. Uh, is is uh, yep. there any other kaiju besides Mechagodzilla that are like stand out your favorites? Um, let's see if, if we're going to get outside of Toho monsters, um, let's see who, oddly enough, one of my, one of my favorites, especially when I was younger was the smog monster. I just thought that was such a bizarre thing. And, and like, there's the one shot in the movie where, uh, you've got the infant that's kind of sinking into the smog monster. That's just Mm -hmm. crying that, that always, you know, as, as an adolescent that really stuck out in my mind. Yeah. Um, I really like the Cloverfield monster, even though he's really a weird design, but he's supposed to be. Right. Um, but it, it, it's one of those that it doesn't look like it should work you know, at that scale. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do like the Cloverfield monster a lot. I do like, um, of course, I like Godzilla. Um, I used to draw Rodan a lot as a kid. And oh, nice. uh, I do like Mecha Ghidra. You'll, you'll find that I've, I, I have a tendency to go for the Mecha. Uh, oh, monsters, yeah. <laughs> interestingly enough. Uh, I do like Robotech and I'm, and I'm a fan of other mechs, but I like the rubber suit monsters. That's, that's, you know, I enjoyed Ultraman, but I found when I was younger, I was always looking for the two episodes when Godzilla made an appearance in, in Ultraman. Oh, yeah. 
So right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rip, rip the frill off his neck. You know? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, the early Ultraman was so much more violent than what we're used to. <laughs> right, going back to the seventies again. So I grew up in the Bay Area of California. So I was on on the East Bay uh, near near Oakland and 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 Hayward, uh, California. Um, and there's a local station there that would run a, they called it Captain Cosmic. So it was, it was every day for half an hour, I think, or maybe an hour. And you had your host that had his motorcycle helmet and cape. And he was this science fiction superhero with a really basic boxy robot sidekick. And they would serialize a lot of the movies. So I got to see a lot of the Ultraman movies, a lot of the Godzilla movies and, and some anime because they would break it up and play a little bit every day over the period of a week. Oh, and so okay. that was also a big thing for me to, to catch, you know, Captain Cosmic every day at four or 5 PM, whatever it was. Um, and, uh, Bob Wilkins, I believe was the, the guy that was, that was Captain Cosmic who also did creature features at night, oh, wow. another, at least Bay area thing. But a, apparently creature features has gotten enough of a, of a, of a talking or following that other people in other communities are aware of it. Right. So yeah. it was, that was neat for me. Yeah. Yeah. That and he played really a cool. lot of Ultraman. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds really cool. I, I wish I had something like that when I was younger for Ultraman. Um, obviously, I had all the Godzilla stuff and a lot of anime stuff that came through, but but there was really just no exposure to Ultraman when I was younger. So uh, so that's nice that you got exposed to Ultraman. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I've had some other friends are really surprised. It's like, how do you know this? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I, I know who the Ultra 7 are. I know who, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's another model shop in San Francisco I used to frequent all the time with a friend that um, sold, I think a lot of them were bootleg, but they sold a lot of vinyl kits and a lot of resin kits mm -hmm. of everything. Yeah. And uh, the friend I went with, he was a huge Ultraman fan. Uh, but of course, I enjoyed, like they had their one-to-one -one scale Godzilla head. Well, it was exactly the scale from the suit that they would do for production right yeah so one-to-one -one, because it's you know real life size and just the the quality of the work that the guys at the shop did was really great that was a heroes club yeah, i don't know if they're around anymore or not oh wow but um that's awesome that was that was a that was another fun place to go to to get ex uh, exposure to yet more things that i wasn't aware of yeah i can definitely understand that when i when i was uh, growing up there was a hobby shop in my local area that uh, it was really small kind of mom and pop type shop and it was mostly made it was mostly for model trains but they had one little section in there that was for right. all the sci-fi stuff and so you would got like the delorean from back to the future you've got like the model sets of the creature from the black lagoon and all this kind of stuff and so that's where i would see a lot of giant monsters i saw giant uh tarantula and and uh, scorpions and stuff like that it's like they had a model of the black scorpion i didn't even know what that was at the time <laughs> That's that's very cool. Uh, yeah, all all the you, you go into the model aisles of of drugstores or other places, and it'd be rows and rows of cars and battleships, and, and you have your few kits up here that were sci-fi, and that's the only place I ever looked. Mm, yep, same here. Yeah. Built a lot of those AMT Ertl uh, Star Trek ships. Oh yeah, nice, nice. Uh, so, what <laughs> made you want to make a Mecha Godzilla suit? Let's see. There, I've always had kind of a background desire to make some sort of a Godzilla suit. Mm -hmm. uh, Mecha Godzilla, I liked um, specifically, oddly enough, because of the tail. Uh, Godzilla usually has a tail that is fairly long and on set is operated with wires to make it fly around and be alive. Mm -hmm. Mecha Godzilla has got a very stumpy tail that's simply attached to the costume. So practicality, right? 
Right. Uh, I again, I like mechs, and the whole thing came up actually at a con where somebody, I, I think it was one of my friends, um, came up to me and said, "Why aren't you doing Mecha Godzilla?" And that <laughs> just really stuck and, and 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 sank into the back of my head. Like a few months later, it's like, okay, yeah, there's going to come a time I'm going to make a Mecha Godzilla suit. Nice. And uh, then we did the Gundam suit on my channel, and that actually worked went over really well for for a because that was an experiment for a long form type video. If I do something in nine or eleven chapters, are people going to be interested? And yeah, they were. I mean, some videos did better than others, but so what? Right. So that's kind of what got me going on on Mega Godzilla. Yeah, and you said that some videos do yeah. better than others. So is it like the the big pieces, right. like the the head or the the main body might do better than the hands or how do you usually see that that playing out correctly oh, okay right um the like the the beam saber and the beam rifle did better uh okay. the head did the best but the head was also the first one uh the like the upper body but when you do just the legs or just the feet or the backpack even they just didn't get the numbers uh -huh. and i don't think uh there's a difference in quality of the video necessarily it's right. just not a part that so on a search engine, someone's going to find. I've, I've got my right. core audience that watches all the videos that I put out, um, but there's definitely, it's, it's, it's grabbing the, the, the wider audience to get the bigger numbers. And there are certain aspects that don't. Like my next Mecha Godzilla video is going to be the pants, you know, the, the pelvis and mm -hmm. probably the upper legs. I don't expect that one to get good numbers. Because it's right. not that exciting of a part, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, yeah, the the backpack to a Gundam's not quite as sexy and and interesting as maybe the head and the everything else. Exactly. Yeah, but it's important. Gundam isn't the backpack is where he stores his, his beam sabers. It's his uh, is a good portion of his uh, uh, positioning unit. His, his his ability to fly in space. So, you know, it's, it's important to the Gundam, but it's, yeah. <laughs> right. It's a backpack. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, so far from what you've done on the Mechagodzilla suit, what has been the most difficult part about making the suit? What has been the most? Uh, keeping the proportions correct. Um, one of the things that I struggle with, because I'm often looking at a single picture from a single point of view, is keeping in mind how to make things be uh, three-dimensionally correct to themselves. So as, as an artist, I can easily look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Um, but I can also see that on the camera, it's fine. So the biggest thing for me has been keeping the, I call it aspect ratio because I'm a video guy, um, keeping the proportions even correct mm -hmm. to itself. Like one of the revisions I really want to do is lower the eyebrows. Uh, his eyebrows and his eyes are a little too tall. Uh -huh. He's got a little bit of a Bill the Cat in him. So I just need to kind of hollow out the, mm -hmm. the eyebrows and lower it down a little bit so it, the eyebrows come down over the circles of the eyes a bit and make his eyes more like they should be. And in my opinion, the head is is uh, kind of uh, squarish and skinnier than it should be. So it's just it's the little things. But of course, that just makes it my suit, right? And then right. I personally have different proportions than the actor that actually wore the suit. So the suit's forced into being a different shape because the person going inside of it's different size. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And that actually was a question I was going to ask, because I know you've talked about specifically with the Gundam suit that you made, that you do have to balance being screen accurate with also being comfortable for you or whoever's going to wear it. And for something like the Gundam, you have to change the proportions a lot. Uh, so how how has mm -hmm. that balance been 
with the Mecha Godzilla suit? Have you been you know, finding a good balance, or do you find it a struggle? It's not as much, nearly as much of a struggle because, thankfully, uh, I'm I'm emulating a suit that was originally made to fit a human. Right. Um, uh, so the proportions are there. It's it's doable. Um, I just I've I've like I I feel I made the upper arms too big. Just the overall diameter. They if if somehow I, I I suddenly felt like I had the time and the energy to redo the arms, I probably would and make them a little smaller because they're just a little there's a little too much material under my arms. Um and it just looks a little <laughs> Mega Godzilla's got guns. Uh <laughs> just kind of and realistically, that's that's that that's it. One of the reasons I picked Mega Godzilla also is he's more of a pot-bellied kaiju, and so I felt like as a larger guy, I would be able to fit in the suit better. Uh, not that really most of those kaiju are are overly fit-looking. I mean, uh, Godzilla's a pretty pretty big bottom boy, but um, uh, just the way the way it, it looked, it seemed like it was very doable for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes so sense. just. Figuring out the proportions to, to fit where my joints have to go. Like the the big thing with the legs is, you look at the suit and and you look you can see it in the toys a lot too. Um, his he's very white, standing white. He's got the cowboy stance, right? right? His his legs are very far apart. Um, I can do that, but I don't normally stand that way. And since I'm heavy set, uh, I don't have a lot of space between my legs when I'm normally standing. So I'm going to have to make the legs to where they stick out to the sides a little bit, to where I actually have open sides, maybe a little bit on 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 the outside, to compensate for how I'm physically going to have to stand within within the suit. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, maybe not. I've recently taken a three dimensional model of regular Godzilla, not Mecha Godzilla, and in a program called Armorsmith Designer. Um, so I've I've got the three three dimensional representation of Godzilla, and I can place it over a three dimensional uh, avatar that's got my physical dimensions. Right, I can tell it how big my thighs are, how big my waist is, and everything else. It's a way of making foam armor for yourself using Pepakura files. Okay. So by doing that, I was able to really see how my legs are going to fall within the the legs right. of a Godzilla suit, and that really helped me a lot with thinking about how I was going to make the the part coming up. Because that was, out of everything, that was the biggest what if. Shoes aren't right. a big problem. Tail, that's going to attach to the back end of, of the pants once it's created. But I've got a torso and two legs, and they all have to kind of come together. And how was mm -hmm. I going to make that work without making Mecha Godzilla styled pants? Right. You know, yeah. Human pants. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, um, would you say that this is the most complicated build that you've done? to date or would you say there was another build maybe you've done before that's not part of the channel that you that's more complicated than this this is probably uh one of the most complicated builds i've done there's there's more going on with with mecha godzilla than there was with gundam uh with the gundam suit we could joe was able to just put on a spandex morph suit and mm -hmm. that's his joints are taken care of um with with the mecha godzilla you know i spent days trying to get the elbows to work because they're they're sewn accordion pieces mm -hmm. and i'm have, gonna have run into that again with the legs um so yeah i would certainly say there's a lot more going on with mecha godzilla overall than any other single or even long form project um i would venture to say even there's a point in time in the late 90s that i built a replica of the original star trek bridge mm -hmm. uh it was for a web series that was happening 
you know, pioneer live streaming web series right. uh, called the Prime Directive. Um, and still with that, I'm copying a, a set from the 60s. It was mostly flat plywood. I was able to get it all pretty well put together in one sleepless week. Um, and I would say that Mecha Godzilla is definitely uh, providing more challenges for me. And I still want to do more. Like, I'm not happy with how the head turns. It's got mm -hmm. way too much friction in the neck. So my plan is to, I've actually bought one, incorporate an aluminum Lazy Susan uh, into, into the top of the neck. So I can screw one half, one half of this turntable to the top of the neck stump. And then the head can, can be attached on the inside of that. So then it's actually got a mechanical bearing, which he should have anyway, right. for, for turning his head. And then all that has to be connected to, to my head inside <laughs> of, the, of the neck. So when I turn my head, I'm puppeteering his neck. Oh, okay. So, and then I want to add a chin strap so I can make his mouth open. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're not going to have the full three, 360 spin that he does in the movie. <laughs> no, I wasn't planning on doing the full 360 spin. Okay. <laughs> that would be inside it anyway. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I felt you something I enjoyed. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Oh, I, no, go ahead. What do you feel? Oh, I was going to say, I, I felt your pain whenever you put out the, the live stream and the video where you were talking about making the elbows for it and you had cut them oh. and then had to redo them and glue them and it still didn't work. And I'm just like, oh, I can, I, I feel the pain even in the video. And like, you're still, you're doing it with a smile because I know you're on, you're on camera. You have to have that personality, but it's like inside you can, you can feel it. <laughs> Right. It's like, I'm turning the camera off, listening to something else and getting this done. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I bought five yards of that uh, vinyl and it was 60 inches wide, I think, or 52 inches wide. It's all gone. I used it all up trying to get the elbows oh, wow. and the upper arms done. <laughs> I thought, okay, this oh, should be wow. enough to do the arms and maybe, you know, something. You know, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, always got to have room for w mistakes or, or something not working. Then you have to do yeah. more. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm really glad that I upped it when I was at this because I was going to buy three. It's like, mm -hmm. no, give me five. Yeah. <laughs> Plus it was like, how much is it? $10 a yard? Yeah, give me five. <laughs> yeah. So so what of this project have, because we've talked about what's been the most difficult part, but what has been the most fulfilling part sure. as a creator, as a fan to make the suit? The most fulfilling thing has been how well the head and neck has gone together and how well making the little pieces within the, the chest part that would support the weight of all the head and neck. Because you don't want to have a lot of weight on your neck walking around um, because you're just putting a lot of stress on yourself that's not normally there. So at this point, I've got Mechagodzilla's neck is actually riding internally on his shoulders, and then the head rides internally on that. So when I get the whole thing put together, the helmet fits around my head, but I don't have any weight coming down on it. Oh, okay. So I can forcefully turn my head and make Godzilla's head turn, but um, I'm, my head isn't supporting it. And then I can look up and down inside a little bit. And since I built it on pivots, that makes his head pivot a little bit. And what's funny is uh, I've seen my suit because of the face. And it all becomes kind of front heavy. Mm -hmm. So he automatically looks down. Well, you look at uh, the Mecha Godzilla in 1974. And for the most part, he's kind of looking down. Mm -hmm. Like the whole head's sort of falling forward most of the time. Yep, sure <laughs> so is. Like, oh, that makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So screen accurate, even though you didn't intentionally do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So um, now moving on to just 
talking about Mechagodzilla um, as a as a character, um, I, I'm sure you've seen the the leaks of what the Mechagodzilla in the new Godzilla versus Kong is going to look like. At least get got an idea of it. So, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think of the design that right. that we're what we've seen so far of Mechagodzilla? Well, I've seen like blurry toy pictures, and I've seen the T-shirt tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. He, it looks like it's it's more of an endoskeleton style, more of the Terminator-ish Mechagodzilla, which is kind of what the character always was. Right. Um, if you look at the 74 one, he doesn't proportionally look like he'll fit inside of a Godzilla suit. Right, right. <laughs> that wasn't important for the movie. Uh, I think they're trying to make that work and, and happen with the new movie. And I'm actually, I like it. I like, I like what I've seen for the... Uh, Kong versus Mecha, Kong versus Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, mm-hmm. and I like the Ready Player One Mecha Godzilla. Right. And my apologies to everyone else who likes them. I didn't care for the late '90s and the 2000s Mecha Godzillas. Oh, the all of those. I didn't like any of them. I didn't like the design. Yeah, I've never been a huge fan of the the Heisei era, that like '90s one. But uh, but I know a lot of people really right. like the the 2000s one. The 2000s one's definitely better. The Heisei one's just got. It looks like you stacked a bunch of old IMAX on top of each other mm-hmm. in order to make the suit. Yeah. And I don't like the way it looks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at, at the time, I was happy anything new came out. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting about that suit is uh, because just like they've done for a, lo- a lot of these movies, they repurposed that suit for another uh, kaiju movie um, called uh, the what was it? It's Orochi, Orochi, um, Yamato no Orochi. That movie they repurposed okay. the the '90s Mechagodzilla to be like this warrior angel armor. He has like wings. He has this weird like samurai helmet, and it's really cool. So uh, so I, I like that design better than Mechagodzilla. Okay, cool. I, I would enjoy that. I love seeing stuff being repurposed and reused. Like um, the killer clowns from outer space appeared mm-hmm. in that weird Ernest P. Worrell uh, troll movie. Right. Uh, and, you know, just, just as the first one that comes to mind. But I, I, I love seeing stuff that's repurposed. Uh, in a, well, that one was pretty blatant, but in a creative way. Right. <laughs> so that's cool. I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's from the 90s. It's actually a really good uh, monster movie it's it's steeped in a lot of japanese uh history and mythology and stuff so it's actually really interesting okay cool um so talking about godzilla versus kong uh what are you looking forward to most with that movie because that's really the the magazine that we've got coming out is going to be really talking right. about the movie because we're so excited for it so what are you most excited for I'm most excited to see what what got me into Kaiju to begin with, which is two titans duking it out in a big city. Uh, as, as a kid, all I wanted to watch was, you know, step on the bottle trains. Come on, you yeah. can do it. <laughs> and, and so that's what I'm looking forward to is, I mean, not not to be overly guy, but I'm excited about the action of of the, the, the two uh, character titans going for it and, and, and attacking each other. Um, and just the... The modern movies can do a lot with the juxtaposition, I guess is the word of, word to use, of scale to give mm-hmm. you the sense of how big they are with really right. putting the camera much lower, uh, having uh, giving them more weight in, with how they're interacting with, with uh, the, the environment. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to a lot of that. Uh, there's the subplots. Usually the subplots aren't important for me mm-hmm. in, in a lot of the films, but I think this one's probably going to be a lot better. 
because uh, they've done, I think they've done a pretty good job so far. You know, typically the human plot line is just not the important plot line <laughs> in right. a Godzilla movie. I mean, it is. You need it to make the, the story go on. Mm -hmm. But as someone who just wants to watch rubber suits, it's totally not important. Um, mm -hmm. I'm thinking this one's probably going to work out. Yeah, yeah, so, that's good. Yeah, uh, I'm really yeah. excited for it too. I think <laughs> I think everybody's really excited for this movie. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, it, it it goes along with what I'm searching for, but I'm happy to see all the stuff popping up in, on my YouTube feed and some of my other um, news updates. You know, mm -hmm. here's Odin's custom news update: <laughs> Kong versus Godzilla does this now. It's like it's neat <laughs> to see. I'm very excited for the movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with Mechagodzilla because um, I don't know if you've seen, but there was an article that was released about uh, that was from Collider where they had a set visit, and on the set they had uh, the King Ghidorah skull from that was left over from the previous movie from King of the Monsters, uh, and right. it was wired up to machines, and that's that's what they that's all they knew. They don't know how it fits into the movie, and I'm like, mm, I wonder if that's like oh, okay. maybe the control center for Mechagodzilla. How's that going to play into it? And so, yeah, it's really interesting what they're doing. That's with this cool. Movie. No, I have not seen that article, but I've heard some of that fan theory that that King Ghidorah's head was part of the control unit for Mechagodzilla. Yeah. And that's really kind of cool. And I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed some of the other fan theories that went along with it where they defeat Mechagodzilla, but then because King Ghidorah can regenerate, Mechagodzilla can become Mechagodorah. Right. And I thought that'd be a great idea if they had managed to do that. It's kind of weird to, to think that, oh, yeah, I'm going to make the metal grow too, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. At this point, well, they we'll can just ignore anything. that. <laughs> right. If you're going to have King Kong and Godzilla stand on the deck of an aircraft carrier and not have it flip over. I mean, two, right. two guys would have a hard time on a surfboard not, not actually surfing. So <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be very similar there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, getting back to your, you as a creative, um, so have uh, we, we've talked about the Gundam suit, but has there been any other kaiju monster-related puppets or, or props or anything that you've made either for your YouTube channel or outside the YouTube channel? I've, I've made a number of other smaller monsters. I mean, they're still full-body costumes, but the scale-wise, they're a small. Uh, so I've made a, a few others. I made a lot of Star Trek aliens, mm -hmm. uh, Magatu, Gorn. But um, one of the first big full-body uh, costumes I did for myself, and one of the few that I made a second one of, was Darkness from the movie Legend. Oh, okay. So this is the big Tim Curry Red Devil. Right, yeah. Um, and that one I actually wore to Ren Faire, and, and that, was, that was a lot of fun. That was a late 80s project. Uh, also, for years, I was part of a group of friends. We would dress up as Guar for, for Halloween oh, or, wow. and Ren Faires in places and go around. And... We got good enough with that that um, pictures of us on the early internet would easily be credited as the actual band. Oh wow! It's like no, that's 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 <laughs> that's that's me. That's not right. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not Paul Sack. That's that's which is fine, but you know, it's, I would I would let him know. Um, and with with doing the Guar costumes, uh, which you know they're they're basically monster muppets for any reader who doesn't know Guar's a. Uh, Definitely a good happy mix between the the old band Kiss mm -hmm. and the Muppets. Right. Um, <laughs> very much a 40K miniature type look. Mm -hmm. um, so we did the costumes um, because at the time that we we're doing it, the, the there wasn't a whole lot of people doing really big major cosplay. This is mid-90s. Uh, I mean, it was there, but it wasn't like it is today. 
ended up getting a chance to actually meet some of the members of the band and correspond with them. And that was, you know, awesome. And now here I am many years later doing my own YouTube channel and it's gone full circle to where I've gotten emails from people who are still working for the company that makes the guar props called Slave Pit mm -hmm. and how they're sharing my videos so they, they know how to do things better for the guar costumes that are going to be on stage. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like, wow, really? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's yeah, it's like, oh, that's cool. Um, another one I've always wanted to do but I haven't done is the Gartham from the Dark Crystal. Oh yeah, that was that's definitely uh, that was one that's really really looking into and how to make it work and how did it even mm -hmm. look, you know, uh, in high school when when Dark, Dark Crystal was uh, kind of newish, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, so Gartham was another one of those long term have never built would love to build uh, monsters. Yeah, so so is there? Uh, I know you just mentioned that one, but is there any other uh, projects right. that you would really love to do if you had the chance to do or the time to do, um, whether monster related or whatever? Sure. You're making me realize that. Oh yeah, I just got excited. I found a really good low poly model of uh, the '74 Godzilla, and oh, okay. that was the one I brought into that program, Arsbeth Designer. And mm -hmm. what that does is it unfolds the poly and gives you a pattern. So it, oh, I actually. Wow would have the ability to cut out and make a foam Godzilla suit. And that one I would like to do uh, all in one. So one of the problems I'm having with Mechagodzilla is I'm trying to make complete episodes with each part. Mm -hmm. So if I do something wrong, then that proportion bleeds over to the next thing and I can't really fix it. So with Godzilla, who's kind of, he's organic and all one piece, basically, mm -hmm. uh, I would definitely want to cut out the entire suit all at once from foam make sure that I've got the basic shape correct overall and mm -hmm. then start detailing it and then paint it instead of this is the head episode, this is the arm episode. So yeah, that's that's one that will quite possibly probably happen. Oh, okay. So is <laughs> but, there a particular... Uh, at the same time, I try to keep... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just saying at the same time, I, I try to keep things mixed up on my channel because of search engine optimization, right? Right. In order to get new viewers to come in, I'm trying not to go down one path of one fandom. Right. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> just keep keep things rotating. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. So is there one particular Godzilla design that you are maybe looking to to recreate? Because, um, you know, Godzilla changes throughout the years and throughout the movies. The one I would do is probably the 74 one right now because that's the Mechagodzilla suit I'm doing. I really like the uh, the Heisei version of, of Zilla. Oh, okay. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, but the, the one where he's got more of a cat face. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. He's got, he's got the little tiny ears. Mm -hmm. and Yeah. I really, that, I, I like that one a lot. I, I, I like the new Godzilla um, mm -hmm. totally. And I love the fact that he's got gills and they've done a lot of things to make it, right. make him look like he works. You know, he's got the huge legs to help support the weight. Um, but uh, yeah, th those are the ones I like a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My, the artist that's working I on think, the cover. I think I, I think I said that right. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, the, the uh, artist who, um, who worked on the cover for this magazine for this issue, he, uh, he said that he's, he's really regretting how complicated the new design for Godzilla is because he's having to do draw all the little details into it for the cover. And I'm like, sorry. Right. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the, the next question I had was, um, uh, so where are you going from here? Like what's, what's your plans for your YouTube channel? What's, what are you planning for the future? 
Oddly enough, the, I heard my door. Oddly enough, stay the course at the moment is my plan for, for the YouTube channel. I'm going to, I'm putting out a new video every week. My plan is to continue to do that. Uh, I want to finish the Godzilla suit up to the point of, of puppeteering the mouth from within the suit. I want to make the chest open up and have the chest laser uh, light up with a little battery-operated plasma sphere. Um, but beyond that, I'm going to move on to a, another... I'm going to keep doing full suits. So there'll be another multi-form okay. thing. Might do the Mosquito motorcycle suit from Robotech, new generation, the, the Invid oh, nice. one, the Scott Bernard bike. Um, talked about possibly doing that. Uh, like I said, I, I have interest in doing a, a Godzilla suit, but I don't know if I'd want to do two Godzilla things back-to-back because, -back, uh, you know, I didn't do two Gundam things back-to-back. -back. Like right. doing a, a Zaku suit would be really fun. Mm -hmm. um, uh, other things I'm looking at doing is um, is maybe trying to do more interviews as well on my show, on, on my channel. Okay. I've done it a little bit with some live streams, and I've done a few things with Discord, but I think it'd be cool to get to talk to other creators. And um, oh, definitely allowing some of uh, some of the people that I've, that I've had on the show get to do more. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I know I've seen a number of the other YouTube channels do this, where... You, you get to like a channel, you get to like the one host that's on the channel, and all of a sudden, here's this new guy. Right. And who the heck's this new guy? He's not any fun. So if I do get a new guy to come on, I still intend on doing at least all the narration mm -hmm. uh, and, and like some of the introductions and some of the, some of the mm -hmm. uh, ending uh, stuff. But getting, being able to get someone else's um, you know, alternate way of how to make something, which is part of my show, um, and then getting, being able to get more projects finished in the same amount of time because there's more people working on them than just me. Yeah. And you have firsthand experience with that because, uh, with DIY prop shop, you were the new guy <laughs> for a little while. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I got a lot of flack for it at first, which yeah. was fine. You know, cause it was hashtag bring back Dustin, which was funny. <laughs> I had no problem with that. My coworkers put that on my door at work when that was happening. <laughs> um, but that that uh and so it went from bring back dustin then it became uh i i got the nickname uncle foam which i thought was a <laughs> which is great that's not that's not derogatory to me at all right um and then diy prop shop started saying that i was basically diy prop shop that uh which i thought was really almost an honor uh there was a point in time when they were talking about trying to bring something back to the channel and they really wanted me to be part of it because i would bring views to the channel right like, okay <laughs> yeah yeah, well, that's that's because of the ones who came in when Dustin uh, left. Uh, you seem to be the one that has continued putting out content nonstop. You know, the ones have have done their own stuff and are doing their own stuff, but you just seem to really have taken off with the right. the whole YouTube thing. Uh, yes, it was almost a year and a half ago. I went full time on YouTube, so at, at this point in time, I don't have any other employment. Oh, nice. So definitely need to need, need to put stuff out. Oh, it's great. Oh. It, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of freedom and a lot of um, extra responsibility and stress that goes along with it. Right. Which plays back into being sure that I've got enough of a variety that I can bring in enough viewers. Because uh, if I hyper focus on one thing, you know, numbers could plummet, and then uh, it may be hard to make rent. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you got to do those Mandalorian helmets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what Which pays is fine. The rent. <laughs> I, almost everything I, 
almost everything I make, I like. It's not like I'm, I'm there's hardly anything I've ever made that's like, why am I freaking doing this? <laughs> um, because if something comes up like that, I can just sidestep and pick something else because I've tried to set the channel up to be so diverse mm -hmm. that I'm not stuck with just movies or just anime or just video games. I don't pick anything. Right. Um, I haven't done any like Leonardo da Vinci designs yet, but we've talked about it. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's, it's possible. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that does so, sound cool. Um, but uh, I don't know how well the numbers would go on that, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It would be a neat experience, though, to, just to try it and see. You know, I would love to make the Venus probe from the $6 million man, but I don't think anyone would want right. to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I would be interested in that, but I don't know. That's, that's, that's very niche, even for for very niche group of people. <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> but one, remember one of the props I, I suggested to the DIY prop shop producers was, I'll, I'll do the thumper from Dune. Yeah. And his, uh, his response right back, you know, Michael tells me, oh, that'd be awesome. I would love it. I'd probably be the only one. Right. It's like, yeah, most people are like, what in the world is this? <laughs> what, what, what is a steak with a thing that moves? Right. What? Yeah, exactly. One of the things I love about your channel is how, especially how you sign off because you always highlight that there's a lot of different ways to do things and this is just your way of doing things. Uh, so that's really great for people right. who are creative to realize like, no, just because this is the way that I'm doing it doesn't mean it's the only way. You can also do it your way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I firmly, not just because I say the line, I firmly believe that. And there were, early on when I was younger, I got intimidated to try new things because I was seeing stuff presented as this is how you do it. Right. And it's like, well, that was unattainable. It had expensive products. It had mm -hmm. tools I didn't have, or it had um, licenses that you had to get through years of apprenticeship. So unless that became our career path, it wasn't going to happen at all. Right. Uh, and so when I started to realize that, no, that's just the way they did it. And if you're going to present yourself as an authority, then you need to be authoritative and this is how you do it. So thank you. Yeah. It was definitely, definitely a thought from the very beginning that there's going to be lots of different ways to do something, but this is how Odin makes it. Right. Yeah. So, right. so one question, I, and I, <laughs> this will probably be one of the last questions I ask you, but, uh, um, what advice would you give to creators who are wanting to do like a mecha Godzilla suit or, or a Godzilla suit or any kind of prop like that on that scale? This one kind of, kind of is obvious, but make sure you have the space to do it. Yeah. Uh, just because you have the space to stand in, it doesn't mean you're gonna have the space to spread it out and work on it. Right. Um, do everything you can, uh, know this up front. And, 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 and as you go along, do everything you can to keep that creative fire lit. Uh, projects will die when the creative fire goes out. Mm. Um, and the littlest of things can extinguish that, that flame and that, and that, that desire to go. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's also okay. It's okay to, to, to have tides. You know, it's, it's high tide, low tide. That's okay, too. But um, it's, it's, it's the idea of pushing through, but you have to push through with your, with your creative side and with your self-interest which is a lot harder to push through than I just got to get the, the rug vacuum because company's coming over. That's right. a much easier task to get accomplished. Um, 
So I would think that's, that's a lot of it. Uh, other than that, make sure your knife is sharp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how you're doing the Godzilla, if you want to sew it, if you want to cut it from foam, you want to cut from EVA foam, uh, a sharp knife cuts and cuts very easily. And a dull knife cuts you. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great advice. Really great advice. So uh, thank you. I think the last question I want to ask is, uh, in your opinion, who would win in a fight, Mechagodzilla or Mechanicong? Oh, fine. I've got a friend who really wants to do Mecha Kong because I'm doing Mecha Godzilla. And if that ever happens, we're going to have a lot of fun at a con. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they both got beam weapons. They both got the... Okay, so... Because uh, they, they never did face off, huh? Godzilla had to nope. deal with both of them. They didn't work, the, the two of them never faced off. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If I had to just put physics into it, Mecha Kong is incredibly top-heavy. So, <laughs> like yeah. all of his bulk is is, uh, is upper body, which is you know the way the gorilla is made. Um, right. I'm, I'm going to go with with Mecha Godzilla without any, any particular uh, specific hardcore reasons, other than that's my favorite. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be Team Mecha Godzilla <laughs> on that. Nice. Yeah, we get asked that question a lot for our podcast that we do, uh, Kaiju Weekly. They ask, you know, who would win in a fight between these two? And I always say, well, Mechanicong was right. made with the intention of he's digging up crystals in the Arctic. Mechagodzilla was made to be a fighting machine to kill Godzilla. So <laughs> it's armed right. to the two. He's got rocket firing knees. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, being a part of this and letting me interview you. Um, oh, so just real quick, absolutely. if you want to, yeah. And if you want to uh, give some plugs on where people can find you, where they can find your work, anything like that. Sure. Uh, so on YouTube, my channel is called Odin Makes. So youtube.com slash Odin Makes will take you right to the channel. Odinmakes.com uh, redirects directly to the YouTube channel. My, my website is still sort of TBD. Um, on Instagram, I'm Odin Makes, and uh, I have a both a subreddit called R Odin Makes and a YouTube uh, group, Odin's Makers. Um, and so all those are different places where you can easily get a hold of me. Uh, I have a Patreon uh, site, and within that, they get access to a private Discord where I'm fairly active on both with chatting and we're starting to do uh, um, group voice sort of weekly get-togethers. So, um, pretty much everywhere you want to find me, it's, it's under, it's going to be under Odin makes nice, nice. Well, we'll make sure to put links to all that in the magazine. And if I post the audio onto our, uh, onto our podcast, I'll make sure to put links in the description and everything. So that way you go, you go right ahead. Yeah. That way, if anybody's interested, they can find you. Just just giving you verbal permission. You're welcome to use the audio where you want. Glad. I'm glad. Cause that was going to be my, that was going to be my final question. (laughs) It's like, is it okay if I use this in our podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. If you want me to come on to your podcast live, that's, we we can talk about doing that too. That's fine. Absolutely. (laughs) would love to have you on. Wow, that was a fantastic interview and a huge thank you goes out to Odin of Odin Makes for not just conducting that interview for Kaiju Ramen Magazine, but also for allowing us to publish that conversation on our podcast. Again, uh, all the links to everything that Odin is into is going to be in the description below. 
Uh, if you want to find out more about us at Kaiju Weekly, we'll also include uh, some links to where you can uh, get in touch with and communicate with us online. Also, links to Kaiju Ramen Magazine are going to be in the description below. So check that out uh, for updates on uh, new issues that are be coming out. And I'm sure that we're going to be having a lot more fun interviews just like this one you heard with Odin Makes. So as always, guys, you can help control the giant monster population by having your Jiroses spayed or neutered. Talk to you later, guys.